So, um, what are your favorite moped sounds? I need a new button for the soundboard, like machine guns, and grenades and shit. We're under fire! Take over! Reloading! I gotta check a website on the internet. Someone laid down suppressing bullshit. <laughs> Yo, what's up? Welcome to Open Money Podcast. We're back another week. Uh, episode, who knows what the fuck it is. Up there, a lot. Almost 200. We're getting there. 200 is closing in. I'm not promising I'm gonna do something special for 200. We'll see. Uh, if I do plan on it being at least 50 episodes for you get whatever you win that's just how it goes around here you have to wait <laughs> surprise surprise though that the the motor we raffled off at episode 100 <clears throat> got delivered at the nashville rally homies got it you sent me a video the other day on the bike running Stripping. good brian hoffman so yeah got it got it got himself a fancy tomos motor all fucking squared away from the boys fired it up and now i don't have to think about it you know, Ooh. it's done. I, at least, at least, I just want to. You know, call me when you blow it up. At least, at least, <laughs> at least, I know it you know, went somewhere. <laughs> but dude, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. I'm glad you guys are back. Last week was a little delay. You know, we came out a day day late, but Muppet Tuesday podcast. Yeah, Muppet Tuesday, but it still came out. Yeah. I recorded it on Monday, so it still felt like a Monday. It you works. know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, it was fun. You know, we talked about some Florida rallies, some weird shit, and. Speaking of rallies, this weekend was Dirty Burning Broads. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them out there. In, I don't even know where the fuck they're from anymore. New Hampshire, Connecticut, everything yeah. above Richmond, New York. Is, uh, 13 counties. <laughs> yeah, once you go back, yeah. Once you go up that way, like Boston, Connecticut, New Hampshire, like all that shit. Everything's an hour away. Yeah, they're all this. They're all their. They're all their own thing. Just like I don't get <clears throat> about the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> Sink that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> That was the slogan for a long time, dude. Yeah, the fucking thing. voting power, the fucking West Coast block, all that shit. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, live in the studio, we got Jody. Hello. What's up? Maddie Bell. Hello. Chelsea. Hey. Graveyard Shifters just out here. And the the famous, infamous. If you guys listen to our podcast, you have to be thankful for our wonderful intro music that was from our homie Jono from Black Black. Yeah, here I old am. Band. And now here he is. Yeah, I made it. Three Finally. years of us using your fucking music every every week. Yeah, the intro music is old band, dude. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. And I, I was like, I didn't get him last time he was through. He came through on tour, but yeah, it was quick in and out. And now he's here with family, and he just needed a way out. So yeah. you know, we got Here him. I am. No kids. He's like, I need to escape. Yeah. <laughs> but dude, what's going on, man? You guys, you guys doing good? Doing good. Can't complain. I'm here. You know. Yep. Just getting all stoked for Philly. Yeah, man. Philly's coming up. Two weeks, three weeks? Two weeks. Two weeks. Rally, LGN, dude, raffling off a shitty uh, Tomos ski thing again. I think that came from from one of the black boys. Probably Derek or something. I think it was, fuck, I can't remember whose bike it was. You know how it goes. Yeah. Those things all can go around the bush, but it was a weird weird bike for sure. Dude. When was the last time you guys touched him up at? Yesterday. Oh, legally man. today. A couple I days ago. Load the bastard up. Well, we rode yesterday, and you you fixed some things. Oh, uh, y'all took some mopeds down to the beach. 
Oh, there's no reason not to take mopeds to the beach. <clears throat> You'll be looking at your GPS. It's like 38 minutes to go four miles. And you hop in your moped and it's like six minutes. Hey, good to see you. Hey, how's it going, man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. been. We still had a great time, man. 13 days since I left. Yeah, so 13 days. That's not bad, dude. Yeah. For, for an old head? 13 yeah. days, like he touched it this month? Yeah. That's, That's legit. Well, I got to move it to get it out of the garage. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the way when I was yeah. fixing my <clears throat> I think last time I, I work on snowblowers more than mopeds anymore. So. Yeah. Hey, man, it's still two-stroke, man. Get the yeah. feel. And I have a, a boat motor that I've been working on, so it's oh, kind of yeah. fancy. Boat tower, tower of power, power six-cylinder. Mm. Two stroke, got that, got that, got that purr. Yeah, it just sounds like a pissed off moped. I don't but. think they purr at that point. I think they just shriek like a wild cat. Yeah, yeah. dude. I watched. I actually went down to the boat dock down here, lily pad, and ate lunch yesterday. Dude, and it's like right there on the. What water. time were you at lily pad? Like two o'clock. Dude, like I think we, we just we o'clock. just missed each other. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, we were right we, down there looking at the pontoon boats. Like, man, why haven't we had like a, a moped like pontoon? pontoon boat rental yet like we're slacking acr did that boat uh rally what was that 2015 or something like that mm. i remember hearing about it i didn't go to that one i remember it was a wild time when hell satan's had the uh the like the boat trash battle. boat yeah. yeah like make a boat out of whatever like uh-huh. water battle like on the sunday of the rally yep. that was some crazy shit i think that's the first time i came out here dude forever ago yeah. dude speaking of that this little guy was made for us for the wet wet rally. Oh, like a little keychain jam for for wet yeah, a little wet key fob kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, hook your keys on there, sling it on your waist. Daggum. Made from our homie that made the our fucking skateboard deck jams too. Who's this? Give him a shout out. Who's it? Do- Who made this? Uh, yeah, Dewey. <laughs> yeah, old Dewey. Hey, he knows. We give him enough shout outs. We oh, got enough fine. love. All right, never yeah, mind. yeah, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so we're going to kind of dive deep into the fucking mystery tunnel of Jono Black Black. Because you are legit old school moped. Like, I guess head. so, yeah. Like, especially now. Like, yeah, I don't know who's around yeah, anymore. Like, like, I think the last rally I went to was in 2019 or 2018. Yeah. So. If we think about it, it's like... I mean, everything's shut down. So MA's so. what, 23 years, 24 yeah. years old now? And I bought my first kit in 2007. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you're like Peugeot legend. So, like, all the fucking French heads are going to, like, you know, geek out. Nerd out about it. Yeah. Yeah. You had all the fucking shit. You had all the bells and whistles. You were doing, like, that fast shit back in the day. So, like, how'd you get in the mopeds? Uh, I had a neighbor in Nashville before I moved to Colorado that was into Tomoses. And I think I bought one from him for, like, 20 bucks, 25 bucks or something like that. That was in. 2004, 2003, 2004. Um, and then whenever I moved to Denver, uh, obviously sold everything and then bought the, a Negrini whenever I moved out there. Then I met Willie and all those dudes and the spokesman or whatever. And I was like, oh, there's like a whole scene. Like I was just riding a moped because I liked it, you know. And me and Rachel, who started Black Black with me, uh, she had a, what was that, a little Yamaha or something like that. Well, then we like met these moped dudes out there, the spokesmen, which I think they had like six names before that. Uh, but yeah, we just kind of hung out with those dudes, and then 
I was like, oh, wow, these mopeds go like 40 and 50 miles an hour. My Negrini does like 16. <laughs> uh, you know, this, I think Willie was the first person in the United States, I think, to get a Polini kit. So he was like one of those early fast bikes and it was a Pook Magnum. And I was like, man, this bike is badass as hell. Uh, and I'm like, how'd you get this bike to go faster or whatever? And I'd already done, you know, the normal bake the pipe and all that stuff, drilled holes in it, welded shit on it. Yeah. Uh, never really made it faster. I think it made it slower, <laughs> but, and it was pre, it was before treats, you know, it was, uh, so what like year was that? Like, uh, that was 2006, 2007. Yeah. Uh, so, even navigating getting a kit was like the gnarliest shit you've ever done. It was this dude, uh, Angelo in Italy that had to email with him back and forth and he couldn't speak English like at all. And I'm, we're both trying to translate kind of like through Google and shit. Like, uh, and then it's like, yeah, send me uh 250 bucks or 150 bucks, whatever it was. And I'll mail you this kit. So I'm mailed this dude, this money, some dude named Angelo in Italy had no idea, yeah. you know, who this guy is. Uh, and then thought that he robbed me for like three <laughs> three or four months. And then finally, one day, this little styrofoam package showed up and it was a reed valve Polini kit for an, uh, the Marini. Sick. So I had a MO2 that did wheelies in like at 30 miles an hour. It was a fucking wild ass bike. And, and it's such like a weird <laughs> bike too because it's like MO2 is like... Most people who are getting into mopeds, that's like yeah, nobody wants so it. far down the road. That's yeah. no one's thinking about a, a, an M O one and M O two. No one's yeah. thinking about that motor. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, you had you know the E fifty was a, everybody like that was what everybody wanted. Yeah, you know? and there's a few people that are like, no, nah, French bikes are the way to go. And I was like, I don't know, I got this bike for forty bucks. This is what I got, and it's still around. Uh, I think Sean has it now. Yeah, but I rode it what a year and a half two years ago i went i got it back running and rode it around it still has the same plenty kit on it it's never been seized oh my god and it has uh oh, yeah. has a 26 millimeter uh boat uh carburetor on it <laughs> that i'd put on that thing and it still has like some like i don't know like some scooter pipe welded onto it but dude those, those still kicks funny, it's like those days when like everyone's just like making shit happen with whatever they had oh yeah no it was you just had to graft whatever you could find you know yeah. nobody I, I, do they even make a marini pipes still to this day i don't know i don't think i've ever seen one i'm just gonna say still to this day i'm not a marini dude like i don't there's not many of them yeah like that marini group on facebook it's still kind of pretty small like, <laughs> <laughs> got a tattoo of it on my hand uh yeah i love that bike uh, dedicated still do yeah so what made you like really like fall in love with the mopeds? Like you you got the one early and then you like yeah I mean it was other people yeah it was just easy to get around at the time in Nashville it was before, you know this is pre Nashville what it is today you know this is almost twenty years ago in Nashville so it was a lot different uh, and it was just efficient way to get around uh, and then when I moved to Colorado obviously I didn't have any money I was nineteen years old and what brought you to to Denver or to Colorado. Uh, me and my buddy Matt uh, just decided we wanted to move and got in a car and drove west and we stopped at REI was having like a sidewalk sale so everybody was camped out in front of it and we're like oh we'll stop here for a night looks like a safe place to sleep and then we just never left <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was yeah that's how we ended up there that's sick. and I've been there 16 years so yeah, yeah. So like 17 Jesus so you found like the the boys and you're like in, hanging out right and they had the spokesman going yeah like what was the scene like in Denver back then because I know it's been through a couple different 
iterations. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like all those dudes are still around. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, we don't hang out as much as we used to, for sure, because we all got kids or grown up or, you know, whatever we're doing. Yeah, responsibilities hit yeah. hard. <laughs> but, I mean, I still see Willie randomly, and I still see Derek. Uh, Rick moved down south, so we don't see him a lot, but I still see Rick anytime he's in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam and me still hang out probably more than anybody else, I think. Like, I think but our kids flying out for, for Legion, too. Yeah. And then our kids are the same age, so it's like me and Sam hang out with the kids and stuff. Yeah. But So, I mean, for the most part, the core group, besides Rachel moved back to Nashville, but, like, the core group that started Black Black and, and we're in the spokesman are still yeah. hanging out. Had, yeah. I know I had I had Derek on, like, a long time ago, so I don't even, like, remember. Because I like, was like, oh, Derek, take me down the rabbit hole. Let me, let me hear, like, all the shit from Black Black in the beginning. Yeah. You know, like, I've been in the club for years, but I never knew, like, all the stuff, you know? For sure. Like, I feel like yeah. we should all get, like, this, like, book in the beginning. You know? <laughs> like, book. Here's the history. Back in the dark up. ages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what was it like when, uh, like, trans uh, transitioning from Spokesman and, like, starting Black Black? Well, so, I mean, that was the thing is, like, me and Rachel were just, uh, we never really felt that we were part of that club, you know? It was just, we're, we're different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they... Not saying that that's a bad thing or a good thing, but they would, you know, they had cool bikes, cool dudes, just a different kind of vibe with the club kind of situation. And me and Rachel were just on a different tip than them, I guess, the whole time. And that was like, you know, everything we had was spray painted flat black always. And everybody's like, why would you do that to your bike? And we're like, because we're in black, black, just kind of joking (laughs) around. And then a couple of years later, it was like spokesman started falling apart. Me and Rachel had already made some rockers that said black, black, just and then uh, Zach moved in with us. We had a duplex there. So at one point, I think there was like 14 of us in the club living together oh. in a duplex. Uh, and then that's when it kind of got serious, I guess, was like yeah. when everybody was together all the time. You know, it was mopeds nine days a week kind of thing. It was just like all stopped. You, you read about it or Moped Army, which you go, if you dive down the wiki, sometimes you're lurking through there and you see this one section that's called Moped Houses. And you're like, what? Yeah. And like that was one, <laughs> like that was a yeah. legit spot. Like every scene that ha- ends up having one of those, it always exactly yeah turns up. And then uh, see Zach took us to where did we go. I don't remember what rally we went to. I think it was uh, Louisville or yeah, I think it was a Bourbon Bandits rally. It was one of their you know third rallies. With like his three, yeah, so the, the it, infamous eight hundred people. Like <laughs> I don't think there was ever eight hundred yeah, people there, much, but yeah, it, people talked like it was <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was something like that. And then we kind of met. That was like when me and Rachel kind of met everybody like on the West Coast and everything. And then the next year, I think we, after that, it was just kind of on. You know, yeah. we were at every rally and we had, I didn't have kids. We didn't have responsibilities. Our rent was like 16 bucks a month each. <laughs> so it was like, we were just gone nonstop. Uh, and then it was, we were taking weekend trips to San Francisco to hang out with the creatures and stuff. And it was like, they're like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're just came to ride mopeds for the weekend. And they're like, you drove here 18 hours to ride mopeds for a day and drive back. And we're like, yeah. You know, it was, <laughs> that's not? all we did was just ride mopeds, you know. So we were trying to suck up as much of everything we could, all the knowledge we could. And that was when I rode Zach Lee's Peugeot, and that was over. Yeah. Like, Negrini gone. Negrini's in the, in the back of the trunk and never coming out. Like, I tried to explain to people the, like, the lore of the French bike Everyone, like, especially with the podcast and all the shit going out there, you hear so much shit talk about French. It's like, uh, French. Like, 
no one wants to deal with those headaches. Why'd you start with that? Why'd you do this and that? Yeah. Do you ride a legit, tuned-in, ripping French bike? Nothing I've ever ridden pulls like that like, no. off the line. Pulls like a motorcycle out the gates. Yeah. And that was, we, so I, I rode his bike and obviously on. And then we get back to Denver and I'm like, dude, I was like, everything, everything I could sell, everything I could find. I was like, I got to get a French bike. I got to get a French bike. And then Zach was like, man, he's like, I have a bike with that whole setup. He's like, I've never gotten it to run. He's like, I'll sell it to you for 200 bucks. And that was, I built my first 50-50 bike, and it was a 50cc plenty kit on that thing. And me and Rachel went to Flock yeah and rode dubs on it, doing 50 <laughs> up those hills and just leaving every, I mean, that was, nobody had a 50-mile-an-hour bike then. Like, yeah. it was like, that was a rare thing at that time. Like, the best uh, shit people had was, like, a Thomas with a bit turbo. Like, you yeah, might be hitting 40s. Maybe, yeah. I mean, but out there, there was always some fast French bikes or whatever, but at that time, there wasn't a whole lot. And then riding dubs doing 50 everybody was like what who are these people like that i think that was when everybody was like who is black black and what are they like on the radar yeah yeah that was kind of the beginning of that whole situation and then it and then it snowballed real quick <laughs> that's like the thing that's a, that's a flex because like you hit these rallies and like uh, a lot of you hear a lot of talk about i just want to have or hit the rally and have a good time and just enjoy myself and ride and there's that whole other like wave of us and mopeds are just like I want to go to this fucking rally and fucking rip dicks on everyone. Yeah, just inside. destroy everything. <laughs> like, like that's why I'm here, dude. Blasting Chad Burke on my TSM in full seas. I was doing 63 miles an hour, and fucking back wheel is locked up and passed him on a straightaway. Just go- just goofing, and it was just pull off, and he passes me again, and just rocked it loose jumped back on it, it was faster like it was you know those were the days where you could just like it had too much compression we had yeah, to light it up yeah it. now i can really spin those rpms but dude that, i think that was the biggest smile on my face ever was blasting somebody with a full locked up rear wheel <laughs> There's and it's like a dub smile though yeah Ryan. but he was rocking in a greenie you know yeah. he is but his he has that very or had that variated i don't know i don't even know if he's around anymore oh, he but, still got that thing yeah jab yeah. just did uh Baker's dozen. Did he? Yeah, came in third. Mm-hmm. Probably Set, on that bike. Third. <laughs> was it third. on that bike? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say that bike. Not, not not the greeny. He took yeah. some. He has some other weird shit. Um, he's had that variated Negrini for. Yeah, he's had. The, he's been on that MLM like weird. Yeah. Like motor shit. He's got all the weird stuff. He's got a lot of weird. Always stuff. Always has. Yeah. Yeah. Chad's a collector. Dude. So, black box just starting. You guys are hitting some rallies. You're running around. That was like. I always love, like, when you hear about it. Like, I don't know how many young kids or young mopeders are doing. We're not going to say kids because, yeah. you know, moped kids or the young mopeders are always like, you're 25 or something. You yeah. know? Like, <laughs> you're not really a kid anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but when, they, when they're in that age where they're just, like, hanging out and you're like, you know, I remember splitting my fucking house. and like, I remember splitting my bedroom with someone. I'm like, yeah, my rent's nothing. Like, yeah. Like, those days when you have the freedom to do anything you want. Like, what are you going to do this summer? I'm not going to have a job this summer. I'm going to hit know? 16 moped rallies. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, what are, you, what are you doing this summer? Oh, I come home and I work at like labor ready or some shit yeah. for like, you know, four, four hours a day or something, you know, but like just traveling and hitting all these rallies. What was that time like? Like, dude, it was gnarly. I mean, it was just, like I said, it was just nonstop. You know, we were, we'd be home for a day from California and then we were driving to Michigan you know, it was nonstop. Every weekend we were driving somewhere to go ride mopeds. And it was like we would just show up for Moped Mondays or Moped Tuesdays or whatever whatever town was doing that. Yeah. You know, and we would just show up. 
And then I think that was just kind of like, okay, we're actually a club now. And then it was like, after everybody starts moving into the house with us, then it was just like, oh, like 12 people from Denver just showed up here and they want to fucking party and ride bikes fast. Like, who are these people? What are they doing here? And then like, Moped Ar- we're still like, you know, like, I guess kind of trolling Moped Army a little bit here and there, but we're not like really involved with it. I would do like random like shitty pictures from like some borrowed camera or something of me trying to fix something, but it was never, you couldn't, it was all blurry and shit, you know, like (laughs) 10 pixels on the picture. Uh, but yeah, so I was just kind of, yeah, we were just showing up places deep and with like crazy ass bikes that everybody was like, what? Like, why is everything black? It it all looks stolen. Like it probably is stolen. And then it was just getting a bad reputation everywhere we went. So, Bad reputation, but no reputation, right? Yeah, you know that's what we went for. We were like, if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it, yeah. and then it was just on. Like I think we were at every rally for five years, yeah. like you know, like and that was like maybe one person was missing. Like we're all deep everything. Yeah. I was like, how many how many people were in the club at the time? I think thirteen, twelve or thirteen. Yeah, that's and a that, lot. Thirteen's thirteen's a lot. Yeah. Like we're a big club now but it's like we're spread out and we're kind of like doing our thing or whatever but like for for one city 13 is a lot of people yeah like there's and clubs at the, that are starting with four or five people exactly and then at the time it was let's see me sam mike beery uh zach black uh rachel ryan who else there's paul juice and there's one other that lived all lived together that were in the club. So it was like, yeah, you know, it was cl- every night was club night. Yeah. Something's <laughs> so, different when you're seeing the people every single day. Exactly. Yeah. Like every night's wrench night. Every night's a moped night. Like you're always. Yeah. Like, anytime we're going anywhere, we're riding. It, yeah. It's a ride whenever it's not a ride. It's like yeah. we're going to get groceries and it's a ride. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hell. yeah, I think at the time it was just the perfect uh, melting pot to create something that it did. Yeah. And, and like then you can kind of spin out of control like on its own, where you're just like you never know what's gonna happen, like yeah. who's gonna build what. Like, they, I think the best scenes are always the ones that have like that communal spot, exactly. whether it's like someone's house or whether it's a garage that everyone shares. But those communal spots where like every night of the week, you know, you can show up and like someone's hanging out. Exactly. Yeah, and that was what we were doing when we were showing up in you know other towns or whatever. And then you know we applied. I think we got voted no three or four years in a row in Moped Army. And then it was like, you know what? Like, fuck this. Like, we're done with this. Like, we're our own thing. And we're just going to take over the whole scene that with the people that we like anyways. And that was when the, the expansion kind of started where it was like, oh, these are the homies we hang out with in this town. These are the homies we hang out in this town. And then it was like, well, they're not, they don't fit in with their club in their town either. So why not just... Black Army. Yeah. There was that weird... So there's a weird thing in Mopeds where it's like... I think we were the first... Multi-city club, too. Yeah. Because yeah. there were, it wasn't in the original rules. The original rules yeah. of Open Army, it's like, oh, you go in and you have a scene. And if you leave, you're a scout. And then maybe you start a branch yeah. or, or a new club and a new scene. And then by the time we're voted in, we already have three chapters. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's this kind of like, yeah, sorry, man. I don't know what you want, Simon. Like, like, but this is the way it is. <laughs> already doing it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's like... um. It's like all the the mopeders in the scene. Like I feel like all the groups you see, you you kind of notice that they're all like clicked up, but they're all like similar of a similar fucking mold. You yeah. Know? Like 
and when you don't fit in that mold, what are you going to do but build your own? Like, a lot of people who come from, like, that, like, underground music and, like, tattoos and bike scene or fixed gears or whatever, skateboarding, like, all those people are different than, like, your average, like, run-of-the-mill, like, civilian kind of dude. Yeah. Know? Well, I think that's a difference in, like, scooters and mopeds, too. It's, yeah. like, it takes a certain mindset to... It's like, we like all, oh, I'm going to ride this thing that's unreliable everywhere. Yeah, we could have all been scooter people. <laughs> like, we found scooters. You might have all been a scooter person yeah. first, but we're not. Like, I've gone on scooter rides, so they're great. Like, I have a lot of cool f- friends that are in scooters No breakdowns. Uh, yeah, they're having a no great time. No chase truck. It's 125, great. shifty. Yeah. And, like, they're, they're having a great time. Their bikes are great, but there's something to be said about riding a moped. Yeah. And the problems that come with it. <laughs> Yeah, unless you're like out there in Kansas with Beery and them just ripping Zumas around or whatever they're doing now. <laughs> yeah, like we got e-bikes. You know, like I was trying to go yeah. to a lime scooter ride out one night, dude. Like we're rolling deep. There you <laughs> go, dude. Helmet, helmets, cuts, the whole nine. Like, no, we yeah. are here to get hard, not yeah. play games. That makes me pretty fun, dude. Scooter night Monday. Yeah. <laughs> dude, okay, let's see. It's going down. <laughs> get the GoPros and everything. I've been saying this for a while. <laughs> You got some. Uh, you could probably get going pretty quick on some I of these hills. I keep seeing sandals and sundresses yeah, doing it, and I'm like, man, if we just put our helmets on and our cuts, like, just buckle in, know what we're getting into. <laughs> yeah, I may or may not give you a little, you know, stiff arm <laughs> on this left turn. You know what I mean? I'll buy you a beer at the next stop. But yeah, I'm, I'm my stiff arm. Uh, that'd be sick. I'm into it. That's actually a great idea. <laughs> it's a horrible idea. Stop lying. Who's so, got some lithium? I need to. <laughs> <laughs> so Black Black's popping off. You guys are hitting all the rallies. You're making a name for yourselves. And you guys get voted into Moped Army. What uh, kind of changed after that? It, it didn't really change for a long time. We just kept doing the shit. You know, uh, we, see, we opened the Shred Shed right then. Um, and that was, a, that was a moped shop? It was a moped shop, and it was a 300-square-foot room. You know, we started with nothing. It was, yeah. and then Benji gave me. He's like, "I'll help you out," and he gave me. It was like a box full of grips, <laughs> like like hundreds of grips, and they were all like uh, banana yellow. And then it was like four throttle cables and some jets, and then like, uh, then there was like stuff you actually needed, but yeah. most of it was like a joke. He was yeah. like, oh, "Here's all this shit that I can't sell. Take all this." Uh, but then uh, it was, you know, tires and stuff. Uh, and that was mostly always sold for the first two years was just, it, we tried to do maintenance work. There really wasn't a lot of it. Sean, that was how Sean kind of got in the gang mm-hmm. was he started working uh, at the shred shed, just wrenching. And uh, originally he worked there and Tyler Conway too, both of them worked there uh, as a trade to get a bike. Like that was like how that start, how they both got into it was just like both of them wanted bikes and didn't have money. And I was like, oh, you can sit here and work and build a bike out of trash. Yeah. That's uh, like the perfect way to like tr- trick someone into getting into mopeds. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think that might have, no, that was later because we ended up buying all of 1977 out like yeah, a couple left, of years. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years later, we ended up buying like 50 bikes from them for like 400 bucks and just drove out there. Yeah. You can still buy bikes for that. Yeah. The deal, the deals back in the day. I know everyone's feeling super salty out there right now. They're just like, yeah. what? Like, yeah. Back in the day, but these boys. How do you think Chad Burke got all those fucking bikes, dude? They weren't a hundred dollars yeah. or two hundred dollars. No, they were thirty bucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it was it was a different different time. You could find them still. You could, you know. I remember Willie. Uh, whenever I talked to him about it, he used to just put up uh, like posters around the neighborhoods. 
you know, this is pre Craigslist, pre whatever, you know, it's just like putting up posters and buying up everything in sight. And the first time we went over there to their garage, I was like, Whoa, there's just mopeds everywhere here. And it was like six bikes or something. <laughs> it blew my mind that he had that many bikes over there. Yeah. And then, and that they would have like an extra carburetor. You know, <laughs> it's just blow my mind. The piles of parts, like since like the aftermarket scene kind of like came about the amount of stock parts that have just like accumulated throughout the moped scene. Yeah. Like is amazing. Like I, I remember us throwing away truckloads of Tomo stuff. Like we've done it multiple times. Like, yeah. we, we, what are we going to do with all these stock parts yeah. and kits and cylinders? <laughs> you throw yeah. it all out. I have 15 flywheels. What am I going to do with these? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And they're all for a motor cane. So you guys were like you were like the only the only game in town. Like when you opened the shop, yeah, the, other no, shop out yeah, of no, no other shop out of Denver. Uh, and I mean, I think that we were at that point the only shop outside of Chicago, and yeah. you know, like or west of Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I was selling stuff, or no, Austin, I guess Austin Mopeds still yeah. going. But at that point in time, me and Lester were, like, calling each other, hey, do you have this part? Hey, do you have this part? And, like, mailing stuff back and forth. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was the only way you could get yeah. things back and forth. When I had Lester on, I didn't really get into too much about Austin Mopeds, like, when he started and stuff. But, like, what, did you guys open about the same time? or? I think he was open, uh, like, a year and a half, two years before me. Okay. Um, and Because I, I went there, and I think I went there the year that they had opened uh, – and then the next time we were there, they were in a new shop. It yeah. used to be in like a storage space, like a storage unit. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what we started with, a 300-square-foot spot, and mm-hmm. then ended up with a 10,000-square-foot warehouse. You know, it was, Insane. Yeah. Chain, insane. So change. big. Yeah. <laughs> it was something. And were you, guys, were you guys living there? Was it? No. So that, that was after we closed, or after we got too big for that spot, we moved uh, and partnered with like a skate shop in town. They were like, Oh yeah, we'll give you like five hundred bucks a month rent if we can keep this mini ramp in your warehouse. And I was like, Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then the next time I like came in, they were like ripping out a balcony and building like a shitload more ramps. And then it was like, All right, well, whatever. We kind of just got this spot now. Yeah. So fuck it. And then it just turned into like a giant. Like remember the uh, the first Ninja Turtles movie? <laughs> it was like that was. The, our real life the foot clan yeah that, hideout. yeah we had that uh kind of that was our headquarters and i don't think anybody ever lived there like on paper but there was definitely people that just slept in the shop yeah you know the, the hostel yeah and then yeah just kept going kept getting bigger and then did you see like an influx of like mopeds in the area where you guys like slinging a lot of bikes? Yeah, and and really well, so we, we never really sold bike. I mean, Sean would like hustle stuff, like you know, like he'd build a bike up and sell it or whatever to pay his rent or something. Yeah, but for the most part, we didn't sell a lot. It was like mostly just you know labor work, you know, cleaning carburetors or whatever. Yeah, and it was like just old dudes that showed up and they were like, "Hey, like this is our camping rig, and we take this with us, and it hasn't rained in twenty years. Can you get it running?" Like that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like anybody in the scene knew how to fix their own bike, you know. So it wasn't. We weren't dealing with those people. We were dealing with people that just had mopeds from the '60s and '70s or whatever. Yeah, holding them together. Yeah. But yeah, that lasted for a while, uh, and then after we closed up shop, we just kind of kept doing the same same thing but yeah. just without a big warehouse 
<laughs> like I moved to Michigan for a minute and was up there with those dudes and then moved back to Denver and yeah. Yeah. So what was like um <clears throat> like the 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 dark lore of like black black like back in the day cuz there was like you know you see like the old like random documentaries that like you guys are in and stuff and it's like what's this wizard guy and like oh yeah no it was it was just a i don't know we thought it was fun and funny like just kind of get a row out of people you know everything had like skeletons on it or skulls on it every uh, i think that was originally what we said was bike had to be black and it had to have a skull on it or something yeah so like there's like possum skulls stuck to everything or like i think rick had like a a petrified cat on his bike for like a year. I think he did the first pinball run with that cat. Uh, but yeah, it was just kind of, you know, something to get a rile out of people. And they're yeah. just like, who's like, who shows up on this trash and then like blasts everybody here and then blows up every bike they brought with them. <laughs> <laughs> like our, me and Mike Beer are sitting in Austin and I had my TSM sitting at the door to the party or whatever. Anytime anybody walked past, we'd kick the kickstand out from underneath it and it'd fall over and <laughs> yell at him for doing it. And then, like, some dude came up and was just so heated about it. He's like, do you know how expensive that bike is? Like, you don't know whose that is? And he's like, you're going to get your ass whipped acting like that around here. <laughs> and, like, me and Mike are just <laughs> laughing the whole time. And I'm like, dude, it's my bike. And he's like, that's not your bike. Like, you don't own a bike like that. <laughs> and I was like, dude, fuck off. It's a moped. Like, chill out. Uh but yeah, I mean, it's just a big joke to us. I don't know. It's still, I mean, the best, <laughs> the best clubs are. We all know, like the best clubs are the ones who are like still trolling in real life. Like you gotta yeah. be having fun with it. Exactly, and like that's, you know, that's, that's, that's all it, it's ever been is fun. Like yeah. I can't take it too serious. You can't take riding around on a weed eater like real yeah. serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can have a lot of fun with your friends doing it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So the club's growing, the scene's growing, like. Are there any other new clubs popping up in Denver? Because now there's like a couple young young ones, but like back then, did you were you seeing like other groups? Or no, there was no. Yeah, it was just us. There was like nobody around. Uh, you know, you'd you'd stumble across the random dude. They'd hang out for six weeks and then they're gone. Kind of situation. Um, the it's that's just like all the black black dudes. I still hang out with every one of them. Like, yeah, we all still stay in contact, and that's it. Like, yeah. still we're still a core group of friends. Minus like maybe three people, so. Hell yeah! At, at what point did the black black design come into play? The gasket that was right away. That was just that was as soon as we rode French bikes for the first time. That was just Peugeot gasket. Yeah, the Peugeot gasket came into play, and then we're you know back then it was like I don't know if there's like there's always your rally video afterwards and stuff like your recap kind of situation. Yeah. And I think whenever we, we spray painted the gasket, whenever we inducted Benji into black, black was like, people were like, Oh shit. All right. They just ruined mopeds for everybody. <laughs> like, and that, I think it was, that was when the gasket kind of just became the staple was like, we had a, we used to just stencil it on everything. And then Benji was like sitting there and we stenciled it on his jacket. And then it was just on. Yeah. My first uh, prospect patch was was a gasket. I think I think mine was Connor's. I can't remember who's mine. Who and it, they used to it used was. to have the ports in it before, like before we switched to just a base gasket. It had yeah. like uh, kind of like you could see the actual ports cut out in it. Oh yeah. What was the deal with like? Because uh, I always hear like the joke stories like about like Connor hanging around. He was like super <laughs> young guy because like. Yeah, everyone's Connor was sixteen. To, yeah, yeah, everyone's always trying to get like the young guy. In well, the we club had and we had two of them. We had two Connors <laughs> that were sixteen. Uh, they were like they were good friends. They hung out for 
a while. Connor hung out. He prospect flicked almost two years, and then we patched his dad in before we patched him in, Timbo. <laughs> uh, but his dad fucking rules. Like, yeah. you can't not have Timbo around. Like, he... You know, he would show up at the, I remember the old shred shed, he like, he's like, yeah, my son really wants a moped or whatever. And like, what do you recommend? And then he like started stopping in. He, uh, we lived like, or the shop was next to a bike trail and his dad rode his bicycle to work every day. And so he started stopping in after work with like a six pack and just like talking shop. And then he's like, well, what should I build him? Like, what's a good bike for him? Like what's, and I'm like, oh, just get him like a Tomos or something, you know, to start out. And he's like, well, what do you ride? And I was like, I let him ride my Peugeot. And then his dad was like, this is what we need. And his dad <laughs> was coming around. Connor's hanging out. In the, or not, this is before Connor even hung out, actually. This, oh, uh, his dad, dad was hanging out first. Yeah, his dad was hanging out first. Uh, but it started, he wanted to build his son a bike. And then it turned into he built himself a, a 103. <laughs> and it was like, I think it was like an he was sneaking away, like, didn't want to go home, so he'd stop by with like a six pack and drink beers and work on this bike with us. Yeah. Uh, or just like take notes. And then he just shows up one day on this like ripping 103. And he's like, Yeah, I think I'm going to get Connor like a hobbit or something. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, fuck yeah, this guy rules. But where, uh, where did he get that bike? Like, where, where? I think he bought the frame from me. I think it was my, the, my first 103 that he ended up with. Okay. Um, and then. Yeah, he just he built a full Polini motor because I'd already switched to uh, I don't know if I was running a Polini or a Mycotech motor at that point, but uh, the heavens open up. Yeah, <laughs> like you, you hear the word like Mycotech, Mycotech. Oh yeah, the Mycotech motor. You know, <laughs> everyone's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it was a thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many of those ever. I, I think I'm the only one I know of that ever built those cases. Yeah, um, they were huge. Yeah, they were just a billet block of aluminum. Yeah, it was uh, big. The pulley is still like is still like a sought after like yeah the Mycotech pulley in the deep like hole of moped parts it's like yeah Mycotech pulley pops well up. it was sick because it was better than Doppler because it was fully tunable it had springs yeah. in it that you could tune unlike the Doppler so yeah. you can really fancy French shit dude oh yeah I mean I, I remember buying that Mycotech pulley and being like I just spent four hundred dollars on a moped part yeah and thinking it was like I had just like spent my life savings at the time you know. <laughs> It's like, I'm not going to eat for two months. <laughs> it's hard to pull a trick on an expensive moped part. Man. Yeah. Like we never, every part that costs as much as buying a whole moped yeah. is when it is when you really have to think twice. You're well, like, yeah. Like the Peugeot motor I have at home now, I think I built that a year and a half ago or something like that. And like bought everything in one go and just built a motor. <laughs> And I think that's the first time in my life that I've ever done that. Like, oh, it's so much easier. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, oh, wow, whenever you have, like, a job. <laughs> it's, it's like you can buy shit. Uh, but at the time, you know, we were we lived in a group of, you know, a group yeah. home. I don't, <laughs> it wasn't a punk house. It was a group home. Half you know? house. Yeah. Uh, Falls you know, that, for moped friends. And it's like when you're drinking a 30-pack of fucking PBR a day, that's all your money you have. Yeah. You know? Uh, and then you spend all the rest of your money driving to <laughs> yeah, drive. 18 hours to get ride moments. But at the time, like I remember we drove out here with this dude, uh, Nico. He shot, like, uh, what was the name of that movie? It was uh, Live Fast, Ride Slow or something like that. And it was like yep. a documentary about moped clubs. Uh, but he, uh, some our friend Alex Martin brought him out to Denver. And she was like, you got to hang out with these dudes if you want to, like, catch the real shit. Because, like, at that time it was like, 
it was a chaos in the warehouse at all times. You know, there's like Roman candles and then somebody's like skating a mini ramp while somebody else is doing a burnout, you know, on the other side of the room or something. So he was like eating it up and then he's like, he's like, yeah, I want to shoot like a whole day tomorrow. And I was like, oh, we're driving to Richmond tomorrow. And he's like, you're driving there? And so we put him in this little Geo with me, him, Pat Perry and Mike Beery. And we drove here in a little Geo Metro with four mopeds, us, him and Alex Martin. So it was like five people. I want you guys to think about this. <laughs> Five people. A TSM, which... Four you know, mopeds <laughs> and a Geo Metro. Yeah. And we did it, and I, I drove it straight both ways. 31 hours, I think, is what it took. Holy shit. For the and listeners, then, that's a three-cylinder, one-liter <laughs> engine. <yeah. laughs> we'll just pull the picture of the car up. One of these? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's her. Did you put the bikes on top of it? We had bikes on top, we had bikes on our rack, and we had one inside the car with us. Laying down the middle. Oh my god! And oh how long god. was the drive? Thirty hours. Because I made hours. that drive Denver to, from Richmond to Denver. Yeah. It was like at least. I think it's a. I think it's like thirty three, thirty four hours if you're like. I think the fastest stopping like twenty seven or yeah. something. But it's definitely like a long drive. Yeah, and I mean driving through West Virginia and that with like our setup was like sketchy. Uh, Brakes coming down the fucking mountain oh, in yeah. West Virginia. Shitty. Yeah. No, we got stuck. Uh, we got stuck in Kansas for like ten hours. I kind of remember you guys being at that rally because that was one of my first rallies. I was going to the Hell Satan rallies like before I even had a moped. I was showing up on my bicycle and like hanging out, like cool fixed gear, like it's just some shit going yeah. on in Richmond. We pull up. Yeah, you're like, oh, party, all right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was it. Uh, you know, we I probably didn't sleep the whole time. You know. Uh, if you guys want to watch the documentary, dude, all you got to do is uh, search it on Google. It's uh, Live Fast, Ride Slow. And if you put Moped Army after it, you can see it on Moped Army. You can find it there. Yeah. yeah. Like I found the link real quick. Look at that. Easy search. Technology. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Back to the Geo. Back to that Geo, baby. Still, <laughs> no, and then, still can't figure it out. <laughs> and then what else? We had, a, we had a sob that we did it in for a long time. Like I remember, I remember driving to San Francisco with like Rachel laying underneath two mopeds in the back, like me, her and Zach. And just like, she would literally have a moped on top of her in her lap. You know, like three of us just driving to San Francisco for a weekend to go rip around. Who's choosing your vehicles? You know, the, you know, the Plymouth Voyager existed. Well, so you know Lee Iacocca did save Chrysler. There were options. I think the Geo was, uh, it, that was given to me. So it was just what I was stuck with, <laughs> but I, I raced cars for a long time and I built sob motors. So that was how we ended up with like doing sob stuff is just cause I was building race cars. Yeah. So, so it was uh, a 32 pounds of boost, 640 horsepower sob that we were cruising around. in at that point, yeah, <laughs> Build sob motors is yeah. a statement in itself. <laughs> it's a good motor. Fucking gross. Yeah. 1.8 liters of fury. <laughs> but they have, that's the good thing is they have a fucking uh, a Garrett T23 turbo that spools up real fast. You can be at 20 pounds of boost at like 1,500 RPMs. Race shit. In case you didn't know. I no. definitely don't know anything about sobs. <laughs> Mopec kids. Pounds of boost. You yeah. mean my shock ratio. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was, we can get further down the line. I think I came out here to visit, what was that, four or five years ago, and I took back a Limited and then turboed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a, a Pook Limited that Sean found at this old dude's spot. Didn't like, ha- The gas tank was like buried there. Buried the whole there. bike was like yeah. buried in the dirt, like with a tree. He had to cut a tree, it. yeah. He yeah. had to cut a tree because it was grown through the middle of it. Yeah. 
And this thing was like rust bucket. Yeah, no, the tank, the bottom of it wasn't there. It didn't yeah. exist. Uh, it was, was it running when you came to visit? No, so it didn't have a motor. And then we put a life end motor oh, on yeah, it. And then, welded life into and, that. Then we, and then we welded a VW turbo into it. Like just like straight off of it. So it was, and it had no wastegate. So it's just like, just spooling nonstop. No oil lines. We packed it full of grease. <laughs> but it ran. So. Praise Dale. No. Yeah. Praise Dale. That's beautiful. That's but that was the that was what Black Black did. You know. Yeah. <laughs> just like put it together, dude. Whatever. Yeah. Dude. So. Um, when you Somebody's came out rolling in their grave when they hear that. I did that to a limited. <laughs> Believe me, it was it was barely a limited anymore. Yeah. If you if you saw the the way it came out of the field, it was it was there wasn't much left. Yeah. It had a badge. That was about it. It had yeah. the badge. Yeah, it didn't have a dash. It had the badge. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, someone just found number two recently oh. and posted it. It was like, and it's not the worst shape, but yeah. I was like, damn, they found number two? Like, that's that's a good score. Yeah. Yeah. So on that first time you came to Richmond, what, what was it like? What were, your, what were your thoughts, like, seeing the Hell Satans and stuff back then? That was, like, the first club that we had met that we were like, oh, these dudes aren't normies. Yeah. And I think we actually met them, the first time we met them was at uh, Bourbon Bandits or whatever. We met Hippie and Pat and everything. And like, whenever I met Hippie, he had a, his dick in a bi-turbo. <laughs> <laughs> and just like weirding everybody out. And we're like, oh, these are the dudes that we need to be hanging out with. I don't know why that's where we went with it. But <laughs> like, yeah, dude with the dick in the bi-turbo, let's go hang out with them. Uh, and then the next time we hung out was at Bomb Prom. And uh, they brought a shitload of fireworks, and we had, like, we were already on the prank game and, like, ran, like, a 50-foot wick out of a uh, porta potty and lit it and cleared the whole fucking party, like, emptied the party because they thought that they were, like, Black Black's blowing up the porta potty And it's just a, there's nothing at the end of it. It's just a wick that went to a porta potty uh, And then... They were like, we got all these fireworks. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. And so like me and Hippie are like throwing mortars off the top of the ice cream factory. And he threw one off and then it blew up underneath a cop car that pulled up. And the next day they, uh, somebody, I don't know if it was like a bottle rocket wick or something, got into their all of their fireworks. So oh. it was like fucking war zone uh, for like 15 minutes of just war zone in the middle of the party. And they, they emptied at that party. Yeah. So it was like, so we're like, all right, we can both empty parties out pretty good. We got to hang out like, and just bum everybody out anywhere we go. Uh, so yeah, whenever we came out here, we were like, all right, yeah, we can hang with these dudes pretty uh, tough and get so the same dumb shit all the time. Some of my best like stories that like, I've gotten from the bike guys and stuff was uh, when I had the Satan's on and they were talking about this one rally they were at and they just like, they were into the pranks and bumming people out and just doing whatever, being wild. And they like tied like a dead raccoon or like no a dead possum because yeah, like, tells and they tied a dead possum to a back of a moped. And during the ride, they got this thing strapped to the back of a bike. And one of the other homies is shooting rock, Roman candles at it during the yeah. ride, and they caught it on fire. And he's just riding through the pack with his like burning Flaming, possum, yeah, burning dead possum. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It was we we instantly had like a, a kindred spirit there. Yeah, that was so that that was the only reason we even came out here because like it's what, a long drive. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be like some other like times where like throughout the years like mopeding and going to all these rallies and like walling out, being young, where you guys were doing things that are memorable. What you would refer to as memorable stories. 
like fucked up stuff or like yeah, fuck it because like uh, the fireworks thing that's funny but closing out yeah. like bumming out parties is hilarious yeah it's always a good time i remember aj uh we were at austin mopeds and aj like got a Pelini box and shit in it and brought it in there and like set it on the counter and then tried to raffle it off <laughs> and somebody just ended up with a box of sh- like hot shit like it's the middle of summer you know in austin uh they, they, I think they like had told us to go home at that point. They're like, "Get out of here! Like you are not allowed in the shop. Like you're too much trouble." Uh, that same, that actually no, it's different year, but ACR. We had some wild ones down there. Yeah. Like Timbo, we had Timbo and a bunch of Molly. Which, if you guys don't know Timbo, he's, gee, he's probably sixty three or sixty four now. But he was at that time already like a you know silver headed older man. Yeah. His son is like 19 or 20 at this point, and we give Timbo a whole bunch of Molly, and he's got his shirt off, just fucking. And we were listening to what was it? Uh, fucking that North Carolina. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and he's like on the top of a boat, and he like takes the captain's hat off at one point, and like puts it on. They're like not having it, and he's swinging his shirt around. I'm like, oh, your head like a yeah. helicopter. I like walked out, and I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck's going on with Timbo?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, he's on a bunch of Molly." And I was like, "Who gave Timbo a bunch of fucking Molly? Like, what is going on here?" Uh, I think Mike Berry was the one that was like, "Dude, like it's fucked up up there. Don't even go out there." Like, uh, but and then they they told us we had to get off the boat because we were gonna sink it at one point. So we were just getting a little too wild on their boat. Uh, but I mean, it was a party boat, you know, it was like yeah. a, it's like a river boat kind of situation. So mm-hmm. it's, there's 300 people packed onto this boat or 200 people packed on this boat. Um, and then that, that same night, AJ like pissed off the roof onto the homeowner's body when they were coming home or something. He was like, I think he passed out on the roof and was pissed himself or whatever. And it was like coming, draining in front of the front door and got all over the people that own the house. We got kicked out of the air. Uh, <laughs> But that one wasn't really a prank. It was just kind of a shitty situation. <laughs> just bad bad guy gang uh, doing bad guy gang stuff. Uh, I, know, I know AJ told us, like, it's like one of the first episodes I ever had. I think AJ was on, like, one of the first five or so. And they told a story about, uh, like, going to, the, like, that swim hole and someone, like, shitting in the water. And they're, like, drinking oh, dude, people. That, that was the first time I met AJ. That was at uh, Buffalo Boys Rally in South Dakota. Uh that was before AJ had moved to Denver or anything, and we went cliff diving, and it's like a thirty foot cliff and pretty clear water, and like all these dudes are out there having a good time or whatever, and then we all show up and bum them out, and AJ jumps in and shits the water, and it's just like it floats up all around him, <laughs> and these dudes are heated. They're like, "That dude just shit the lake," and like, "Let's whip his ass," <laughs> and it's just like we're trying to pretend we don't know the guy and like that he's not with us. <laughs> And so he's like running through the woods and like ended up hiding out and then like hanging out later on and we're like he does like a gainer or something he's just like oh fuck yeah like this dude rules and then they're like no that's the guy that shit the lake and like it all like flipped over again but everybody out in South Dakota wanted to fight us it seemed like it was... yeah uh, yeah we lost uh, we lost Nate Creer out there that was like the first rally we'd ever taken nate to you and uh he uh this the the hotel lobby incident yeah he Tell uh it again. dude he like shows up at a or we're like we're looking driving back and forth like it's like six miles into the black hills from the city where we were at this bar and 
you know, we're driving up and down with flashlights trying to see like where he flew off the road, basically can't find him. And then finally the camp counselor dude comes up and he's like, Oh yeah, I think they got your buddy at the jail. And we're like, what? How do you know this? And he's like, oh, yeah, I used to be a sheriff or whatever, which we also got that son, that dude's son arrested the night before because his son didn't drink. And then I guess he like got all drunk with us and then went to his ex-wife's house and caused a scene. So the dude already didn't like us. And he's like, yeah, they got your buddy in the jail. He said he rode his bike into a hotel. And we're like, what happened? And then, yeah, it turns out he rode his moped full helmet and all into the lobby of the hotel and demanded their finest room. And he just ended up in jail instead. Insane. <laughs> Oh, preach, brother. Praise style. Yes. Yeah, that was the good old just, good old days. Yeah, you know? good old days. Black white just making moves. Yeah. <laughs> making friends left and right. <laughs> I think about it now because, like, now I have, like, my daughter's almost 14, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, this is, like, two more years, and she's when we inducted Connor. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what are you guys doing this weekend? Molly with my dad. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> On a boat. I demand your finest room. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. I don't know how it, where he thought that was going to go. Like, <laughs> besides just going to jail. Like, like he had the money, dude. He was ready to pay. Yeah. He did get a room. It wasn't necessarily. <laughs> yeah. It was free. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you guys had to bail him out? Yeah. We had to bail him out the next morning. But yeah, it was I, I had a, I had gotten almost in a fight with the sheriff that night at the bar, which was bad. Like he like got upset about uh, Brandon Eliason was like some like bar cougar was hitting on him, and then like that dude was upset that like he was gonna take her home or something. And Brandon's like, I'm not trying to take your cougar lady home, man. Like whatever. And he like flashed a stun gun and like zapped it twice at us. And I just like unhooked my chain from my bike, and I was like, "All right, we fucking doing this," and ran in and started swinging at this dude. And then it turns out he was the sheriff. <laughs> so it was, but somehow we should have all went to jail that night. But it was just Nate. Skin of your teeth. Yeah. Nice to meet you, officer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah remember me from last night? <laughs> I'm here to bail up my buddy. I mean, black bikes just got a thing for cougars, man. I remember we went to that Inverness rally down in Florida. And, like, we had Cuppy, old young Cuppy down there when he was just just a mere young boy. And we're in this random bar in the middle of flatland nowhere, Florida. And, like, we're running around and having drinks and playing pool. Everyone's had a good time. And we look over and Cuppy's got this old lady laid out on the pool table. <laughs> Straight <laughs> <laughs> up naked out there in this bar. Hell yeah, guys Cuppy. Were just taking, self- taking selfies. <laughs> Oh, good times. Someone's got to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's there for a reason. Have a good time. Yeah. Gee. I remember we were, what was it? Me and Nate Creer riding. We had, I think, I don't know if I blew my bike up or I didn't bring a bike to that rally, but we ended up with a, uh, what was it, a CBR 900. Texas? Yeah, maybe Texas. But yeah, we, yeah. That, rain, rainstorm. That hit, yeah, that crazy uh, tornado storm. But yeah, we we had a ten strip and decided to go for a ride, and it was the big ride or whatever. And we we're like doing wheelies at like one twenty past her, but just typical black black. This ride was insane. It was the six tornadoes touched down yeah. while we were at this farm. The and and no, out the next day. and nobody had cell phone service, so nobody. We just thought it was a storm. Everybody's partying, having a good time. And then 
the next day, whenever anybody got to service, everybody's phone was just like, are you alive? Because <laughs> the town we were in, six tornadoes touched down that night. And we just somehow didn't all die out like there. The, the day we left, the entire the entire like uh, farm, we were like flooded out or some shit. Yeah. But yeah, they were definitely at this rally doing dubs, wet roads, 150 miles past the pack. Yeah. In just a like, wheelie. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just like dying, just like, yo, this is... I'm going to watch my friends die at this ride. Like, it's yeah. going to happen. And then we, uh, Derek borrowed somebody's dirt bike and then buried it in a pond. Doing this, I mean, same situation. Yeah, you know, just we're running laps around this field. They had a dirt bike on a farm. What do you yeah. expect us to do? Like, yeah, he came, I remember him, he was so embarrassed. He came back and he, like, found me and he's, like, from, like, the shoulders down covered in mud. <laughs> and he's like, dude, I need you to come help me get this bike out of the mud. And I was like, all right, man, like, we got you. And we're like, he takes us like back in the woods, like just out there. And I was like, man, we're like right beside the pond that's over here as we're like trudging these woods. And it starts getting like the mud's no longer squishy. It's like mud to your ankles. And then it was like to your kneecaps. And he like shines a flashlight and there's just some handlebars sticking out of the mud. Like it was completely upright, but just, you know, five feet under the mud. But somehow we got out of there and got it running again, but. That was the same rally. Um, Nigel got inducted into Black Black. Yeah, he got patched in that night. Yep, patched the man and him and Leader. Yep, and they both got the fucking hand of God smack with a handful of baby powder to the face. <laughs> fucking homie from ACR tried to fight a girl. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like cowboys dancing shirtless on a picnic table. Rain dripping <laughs> off his hat, dude. Looking sexy as a motherfucker. Oh yeah. People like had set their tents up already in the field, but the wind picked up and just blowing people's tents all over the fucking place. I'm trying to remember who it was that was uh, the next morning talking to me and Berkeley, and they were like, uh, "Me and Berkeley, we, we just did a, a music podcast in Texas, and it was turns out I was next door to where Berkeley lived." Oh, so he came and hung out with me, and this story came up like a couple weeks ago. But he was like, "Do you remember?" He's like, he couldn't remember who it was either, but it was somebody was like, "Man." Like, I had a really bad trip last night and like I had to leave the party and they're like, I went in this like house and tried to sleep and they're like, and then I was like tripping so bad that I thought that there was bees all around me and I couldn't sleep all night. And he was like, no, that house like is full of bees. <laughs> and like, he showed me this house and dude, there's honeycombs hanging from the ceiling and they were convinced that they were just on a bunch of drugs, but no, it was just a house full of fucking bees. They went and slept in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where I slept in. I, 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 slept, I slept in, in it was like a A-frame tin oh, yeah, tin that, thing that, that I slept the, in. The Indian teepee. <laughs> yeah, well, mine. I was just like it was like a I don't know, not even a teepee. It was just like a tin roof A-frame whatever where he kept his tractors. Oh shit! And I like woke up and pulled my. It was like didn't have a blanket. I just had my cut laying on me, and I pulled it off, and I was fucking covered in scorpions. There was like thirty what? scorpions laying on me where they were trying to get out of the mud and onto something warm. Oh my god! And I didn't. <laughs> You know, I've never been around scorpions. Insane. I don't know. I don't know the protocol when you're covered in scorpions, but I was like, oh well. Level. <laughs> yeah. Never flinch. Yeah. That sounds terrifying. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. <laughs> so then we put them in somebody's drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're just gonna turn up to a yeah. <laughs> You're already here. Fuck it. Yeah. Dude, so what was like the um, when like the whole like trifecta bond kind of come together? Because I know there's like. You know, Lester had the shop in Austin, and you had I the think, shop out there in Denver. 
Yeah, then, then the like, moped. When like Chicago kind of scene kind of get built into that mix. I think that was a bomb prom. The last bomb prom probably. It's like when the hot when we met the hot ladies and stuff, and it was kind of that like we were all were just like the bros hanging out at every time. It was like we were always together. Like that was the group. We always stayed together at every rally. It was just kind of an inseparable group where they didn't want to be part of Black Black, but they wanted to be around the shenanigans kind of thing. And, yeah. and then obviously Hot and Ready's kind of started doing the same kind of shenanigans too. So I don't know. We weren't in the same clubs, but we were the same kind of group of friends. So that's just became that bond. And we were going to Austin all the time because Austin's like the closest city to us. It's still a fourteen-hour drive, but it's like yeah. the closest moped town that w- there was to Denver. So, of the same breed, of the same look. <clears throat> and I, I, I mean, I still hang out with all those dudes every time I'm down there. Like, I mean, I hang out with Lester a couple times a year. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, get dance on if I can get it down. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I haven't been seeing Sambo too much whenever I'm down there, but he's still around kicking. So, <laughs> kicking ass, taking yeah. amps. Stirring up storms. Yeah, and I still <clears throat> always stay with Kathy whenever I go through Texas and stuff. So she's still around doing the thing. Oh yeah. So there's, I think their whole group is still kind of the, they're kind of like the black black Denver kind of thing where they're, they all still have mopeds and they're all still around each other, and that's about it. Like, yeah. like not mopeding is heavy, but yeah, still, still. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that any of us in Denver have gone on a ride together in five years, just because we're all, you know, I'm forty. 40 miles out of town. Uh, Derek's on the north side of town. Sam's on the south. You know, everybody's like... Spread out. Yeah. And now it's like, that's a hour-long moped ride to get to anybody from yeah. anybody's house at this point. Yeah. And then they got the, the new club up there. It's kind of popping now. Syndicates. And they're they're holding down. They're doing like a, a rally this year. Really? Yeah. Never heard of them. Yeah, just, yeah, new club in Denver, yeah. dude. Sick. What's up, y'all? What's up, youngins? <laughs> yeah, man. So, shit's getting wild. You guys are always out there causing trouble, <clears throat> running your luck. Yeah. That's what we did. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't, no rhyme or reason to it, just did it. Yeah. So, had as much fun as we possibly could at all times. Oh, that's what's for, dude. Yeah. I, mean, so, I think that that's still going on a little bit here and there. Yeah, a little bit. We have to we have to do something. I mean, it was only a couple of years ago I saw you catch a little face on fire. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that long ago, was it? Yeah. Got a moon tan. <laughs> yeah, I set myself on fire at the Richmond Rally four years ago. It was a, that NASCAR rally you guys were there. Yeah. Yeah. Late late night shenanigans. You might have oh, you might have you might have gone actually, that already. Dude, actually, the best part of that was. You were like, John, are you going to hold this down? And I was like, I got you. And you're like, just make sure nobody sets anything on fire. And I was like, you got it. And the next morning, you're like, dude, come on. I set my face on fire. It's okay. Yeah, it was just me. <laughs> no one else. Uh, Andrew came running up and was like, tried to put me out, but he just like, hit me in the face. <laughs> just like, blasted me in the face and knocked me on the ground. And I was like, no. Like, He's on fire. Whip his ass. <laughs> so we had like, when did you guys throw the first rally in Denver? That was 2000. I don't know. We can look it up. Look up wheelies and jumps. Denver. I think the video still comes up. It's got a sick mates of state song at the beginning of it too. <laughs> uh, I don't remember what year that was. That was probably 2009, 2008, something like that. I bet. 
Let's see if it shows up. Right there, baby. No, that's Willie's and Jumps too. So that was the second year. Oh, what year is that though? This is uh 2010. Yeah, so 2009. 2009. First yeah, look at those bikes, already. dude. Jeez. Lots of bit turbos out here, baby. Oh, yeah. So that first year, you guys threw the rally. Was it a good turnout? Yeah, the first year, I think we had... Let's see. A bunch of creatures came out. Some ACR folks came out. And then it was like... Uh, was it Breakfast Mafia? Those dudes came out. Uh, and then some South Dakota kids. That was about it. Or no, and then all the uh, Michigan dudes came out. Yeah. There's an old Benji picture right there. Look at that. Bum, bum, <laughs> Long hair, looking luscious. That was before it was gray. <laughs> Dude, I know. Um, well, not the first time. I think my second time out to Denver, we had the. Uh, I think it's Black Moon Rising. We did the scavenger hunt. Yeah, was that the first? Because in my mind, I'm like, Dude, that was the first one. Black Black set 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 the bar up, set it high with the first no. scavenger earlier. No. no. I don't think that was the first. I think the one, the year that we had Andrew WK was like the first year that we like really fucking set set the bar at a new level. You know, we were like, oh yeah, Andrew WK is gonna be here, like playing, and they were like, everybody's like, no, that's not real. <laughs> and then sure as shit, there he was. Yeah. And then he smoked a bunch of crack and played the same set three times. We should play this song, the song everyone knows on repeat. Yeah. And then uh, some buddies of ours were in. Uh, Andrew WK cover band and they were playing the same night which was the dumbest thing I've ever heard of and they showed up and then because he just did it solo with like a backing track <laughs> him, and, him and a piano and a backing track and they're like uh, we know the song we'll just play it yeah and then so they set up and played again <laughs> they just want to party yeah uh, it partied that that was a wild time but I can't remember if that was before or after Black Moon Rising I don't remember what year that it had was. to be before because because Andrew WK wasn't there. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> I would have uh, remembered that one. <laughs> yeah, it was some next level uh, rally times. I think. I think at the time it was like ACR really pulled it off with the boat, and then we were like, "Well, we got to figure out a way to top that." What would be like the top, like I don't know, five like standout rallies that you thought were like original and different? Maybe not the exact format and the format's worked for a reason it's worked for a long time Man, you know ride party ride party yeah go the fuck home yeah uh i mean the black hills run to the hills rally was phenomenal because i mean it's just black hills uh some of the best roads in the country to ever ride on uh so that was one of my favorites that bomb prom and probably flock yeah too i think was what stood out about flock yeah too that was just huge, you know. It was, it was. I think there was probably four or five hundred people, uh, and it was just a fucking blast the whole time. There's, their warehouse party they had, there was like a bunch of snakes everywhere. <laughs> it was like, a, like the I don't know how they found this warehouse, but it was like the dude was like a snake connoisseur and had like all these fucking uh, albino snakes everywhere. Uh, I don't know. We just that was just a fun rally. Uh, and I think it was memorable on the way there. Everything about the trip was just like over the top. Like we were, I drove the whole night and we had a bus at the time. Drove the whole night. It snowed all the way through Arizona, which makes no sense. Uh, and then 
let's see. On the way there, we had a, two blowouts on the way there. We got stuck in uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico. And then Rick is like, we are not stopping until we get in L.A. It was a dually, so it was like kind of okay, but not really okay. And it started to catch on fire, basically, with a flat tire. Uh, and Rick's like, we're not fucking stopping. And then everybody else is like, dude, we got to fucking stop. Like, we're 40 minutes out of L.A., but still, like, we're, we have to fix this. Like, the bus is about to be on fire. Yeah. Uh, so, like, just going into it, it was, and this is, like, before the evening things even happened, you know. Uh, <clears throat> Rick's girlfriend at the time that he brought with her, like, thought the moped made a funny noise when we were bombing a hill, like, in the L.A. hills, and then stopped and turned sideways and got, like, just smoked. And, oh, my God. I don't know if she broke her leg or arm, broke something, <clears throat> but it was just a classic, like, Someone new, the shit yeah, and it was, like, the one straight away, and it's all downhill. Uh, and mopeds don't have brakes worth it. shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it, it was, this is pre-any time yeah, anybody's no doing disc discs. Brakes, yeah. like. <laughs> disc brakes are far in the future from the, uh, but yeah, so it was, I don't know, everything about it was just a nightmare. And fun, you know, like we had a blast. And then on the way back, I just remember uh, Stoops, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he was, I don't know what kind of medication that dude took, but he would take stuff and then whenever he drank, he'd just pass out like real bad. And I'm driving and I just hear Sean Skypeman yelling at the top of his lungs, Stoops, roll that fucking window up. And then I like look back and Stoops is like covered in snow and his head, I'm looking at him through the rearview mirror. His head is outside the window, and he had passed out and smashed his head through the window of the bus. Holy shit. So, so we're driving back. It's like negative outside, and the window's just gone. Uh, so that was another part of that trip. <laughs> it was just like, just added, and we still had like 15 more hours uh. of snowstorm to drive through with no window. Uh, but yeah, it was just, everything about it was just memorable. I don't know. There's, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, those moments, good or bad, they stand out. That's, yeah. That's kind of what makes it fun. It's like, if you're not making memories, like, while you're doing this whole moped thing, you don't need to stick around or do it forever. You don't need to make it your life. But but if, you do. But you do need to make no. memories out of it. Like, you got to have a good time while you're doing it. Like, at, at what point did you finally hear about treats? Uh, I mean, so... Pre-treats out the gates. Yeah, Stoops ordered the first thing ever. For whenever treats went live, before before treats was treats, it was a mo- uh, eBay, eBay store. Uh, and I mean, me and Benji became friends probably like a year before treats was launched. And Stoops made the first order. He sent us the website to test it, make sure it worked. Yeah. So Stoops made the first order on there, and he bought two Gila kit or two eighty Metro large port kits. That's what he bought, and then he bought like a bunch of other random shit. Before, before Benji, I mean, after Benji was being all, before he was being all, you know, he's being all sketchy. Like, oh, meet me in this alley. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, Benji told me a story whenever uh, we were out there one time. He was just tell me, you know, this is right whenever he had started treats the store. Uh, but he was like, man, yeah, he's because I was asking him, like the whole rundown of how it all started, and he had bought some jets from, I think he was in India or something. He had bought saw that they had Delorto jets at like a flea market and they were like three cents a piece or whatever. So he just bought every jet they had at the flea market. And that's how he started treats was an eBay store that he was like, these fit Delortos. And so he bought them back. And that was how treats like got started was from a handful of jets that he bought. Uh, but he was saying that he is, had started like kind of collecting everything and selling it on eBay. And then he had like a wall of pipes 
and they had an earthquake and it like buried his roommate. <laughs> he was like, yeah, all these pipes. He's like, I didn't know what to do. And it's all Benji's like, yeah, you know, they didn't know what to do. <laughs> and it's just, this dude is just buried in exhaust pipes and it's his roommate. And that was, I think, whenever he decided to finally get a store, or like a, a building to put treats in. It's like, I get it at the apartment. And it was, what was it like, thir- I used to know that address pretty well. It was like 3402 Treat. It was like the address forever. Oh, yeah. So it was on Treat Street. That's funny. I know um, Derek's got like a super low like Treat no, tree Land number. Like, you know, you know your, your customer number? I don't know mine anymore, you, but I'm sure it's... The, you under 100? I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. That's how you know like the real old heads. Like, you got to ask them what their, what their Treat number is. Like, mine's like... I'm sure I that I probably... St- I'm sure that like, I have like a bunch of like money out of them or something to you. <laughs> so I know that Benji several times was like... Oh yeah, here's this. And then like I'd be there visiting, and Jimmy would be like, "Hey man, you owe us some money for that part." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> like, I don't. Know. Uh, I should probably reach out about that." Yeah, <laughs> like I got a real job now. I guess I can get my yeah. tabs. Like, he's like, "Yeah man, you've owed us this forty five dollars for like fifteen years." Uh, Dude, I don't even know where to find the treat number. I think it's on your like on your like uh your receipts or whatever. Yeah, I'm like ah, I can't remember what my shit is. Well, you're talking about a website called treeland.tv. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm on the Army. Army. You should really support yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all know this, that's the spot, dude. Support the homies. Like, black boys have been working there forever. You know, yeah. You know, he needed a job. Like, he's always, you know, held the boys down. He's always held everybody down. And he, you know, helped us out a whole lot to get started in Denver. You know, he supplied the first inventory we ever had. He gave, I think it was like a... $600 credit or whatever he gave us to buy shit for the shop. So that was, he's a big help in that community. Probably wouldn't be a black black without him. Probably wouldn't be a whole lot of moped clubs without him. <laughs> let's be, let's be, be a lot here. of broken mopeds without him. <laughs> <laughs> or a lot less. I don't know. Yeah, dude. And we got, we had the black black OKO edition too. We had a, we had some oh, black yeah. black parts on treats for a long time. There was a, Let's see what what we have. We, we had, had the, the kit that we, we did. The, the kit thing, the pipe. There, yeah, it was the party pack. Yep. There was the um. The what was the fuck? The handlebars that Maze Maze made handlebars one year or yep. something. Yeah, he made the uh like the billet clip-ons. Yeah. But yeah, I did. I I'd done a bunch of kits for him. And I think that Rodney still has one of the kits, like one of the first ones I ever did, where it was like the Dio reed block welded into the treat kit so it was like the big boy reed valve and then i, I think already, I, already put together and i yeah it was welded yeah it was welded together and then it was i don't i think it was a 13 port port job on them it was something gnarly it was some crazy amount of ports in it but he had it on a za forever and it did like 70 something miles an hour that's too much too fast what's your fastest moped uh, the TSM, I think the fastest I ever clocked it was 72 on the, uh, Golden Gate Bridge. And then on the salt flats, I did 64. So, Smoke. but that's at 4,000 feet above sea level. So, yeah. but still, it's <clears throat> like fucking fast for a moped. Yeah. But I think the, the Mica Tech had the, had the balls to be a bigger motor or a better motor, but it would always smoke the tire and then shred a belt before it ever got to speed. It was kind of an unrideable moped. Yeah. So. Just too much torque to handle it. Yeah. It just or was of, there like an alignment issue? 
No, it was it was all the torque. I think the first the first startup it shot all the variator weights through the variator and then out our through our garage door at the shred shed. Took someone's eye out on the way. Uh, it put it looked like somebody shot the building up <laughs> where it like blasted through the like uh, steel walls. Uh, luckily, it didn't take anybody else out, but. Uh, that is a thing with French bikes, you know. You, you wedge that paper in there to start your bike or something. Make sure it's yeah. something soft. And I remember Jonah rode it and was like, "He's like, I gotta ride this thing." And then he took off across the shop and he was like, "Man, he's like, I, I expected it to be a lot faster than it was." And I was like, "Yeah, but it was spinning the tire the whole time." And there's like a black streak, <laughs> like 150 yards across the warehouse. And he was like, "Wait, it was spinning the tire the whole time." And I'm like, yeah, it didn't pull the wheel. It just would spin the tire. Uh, so I think that one had the guts to be a little faster, but we never got it up to speed. I don't think, I don't think it ever, that bike ever went over like 45 or 50. Crazy. We just had, um, this guy, Jordan on the, on the podcast, like two weeks ago, he was on Baker's dozen run this year and he lost. He DNF got, got dead last, I believe, but he was crushing it the first day. 78 miles an hour. Hell yeah. Like on a, now on we're a, talking E 50. Like Gila E50 doing 78. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, like we take off at the beginning of the race and everyone would leave me in the dust because it took me like half a mile to get up to speed. You yeah. Know? Like, I remember, I think so geared out. Yeah. Sambo had a uh, E50 like that for a long time that was like, it was a 80 metro large port and it was one of those like off. The, I mean, that clutch was so light. He was like, <laughs> not going anywhere. <laughs> and then it would, but then he'd, you know, front of the pack, he's going by at 65, just like you're standing still or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I mean, I wish I, I wish I would have built that bike to be fast because that was like my daily ride. I rode that bike every day. That was my only transportation for like three years was that bike. So it was, yeah. and it had gazelle, like three inch gazelles, or three, two, five gazelles on it. So they're like, if I put some nice tires and stuff on it, I'm sure that bike would have been a lot faster. Yeah. But. What was like your, your favorite setup? Man, that I think the TSM was my favorite setup, which that's what I, I have a that's what I've just built a motor for. Yeah, um, but it's I've never ridden it like that one, you know, so I don't know if it does the same or not. Uh, but it's just uh, <coughs> plenty of cases, uh, the Gilardoni kit that you can't find anymore that did exist, the three port exhaust uh, Gilardoni. Yeah. It was a Honda Dio kit that fit on there. Um, like Gila 70 it was a 62 cc oh yeah uh, but that I was that one many times <laughs> I think I had one that I seized 11 times <laughs> and it you could flip the, the flywheel to start it like by hand like it would spin and fire up um, but it still hauled ass I don't know it just lasted forever and I think that, that was also the time of like having no money so you just had to make it work yeah. like I remember sanding the inside of cylinders and like I never did the JV weld inside of them, but a lot of people swore by that move too. I think I saw that one a few like, times. Re- Reline with Nicosel? Nah. Yeah. Uh, I recently sanded out my my hot my my C's Hobbit kit like so much, like the piston wouldn't drop through it anymore. So I just had to keep honing it and honing it, and honing it, and now it's like I know there's like loose at the top. Tight at the bottom. Loose the, this is the like, cast iron. <laughs> yeah, it's one, just yeah. like it's the whole thing's not even anymore. Yeah. It still it, runs. Is it plenty or is it a DR? It's a it's a Hobbit fucking Metro. Oh okay. Yeah, it's like Derby Metro on a Hobbit, but yeah. like cylinder's fucked, but it still runs. 
See, the metric, the night, still, free, still pretty fast. That metric hit's fast, man. Yeah. I think that that on the pyramid read is like gone. Yeah. Uh, I remember riding someone's had the had the Gila pyramid read, and I was like, or the piston pork Gila on a derby, and I was like, that was Sam rock, I think rocked that for years. Yeah. yeah, those things fuck. But it tore apart clutches like crazy. So yeah. Was, yeah. You get that on those big jobs. Yeah. Dude, so you kind of had your fun. You, you made your made your rounds. Made mark. You know, stamped your name on mopeds. Mm-hmm. You know, is there anything you regret about it? No, not no. at all. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely not. Like I'm still somehow made it through alive. So we're we're cruising. You know? Yeah. Couple, like, couple of face fires later, and <laughs> here we are. I'm always like surprised, like especially like coming up in the in the weird scenes we did and stuff. And I was just like, "Yep, we made it through that." Like whenever you make it through some phase of your life, and you're like, "Cool, we made it through those ten years of like being like wild young kids doing dumb shit, like without going to jail, without like getting arrested, yeah. without like dying." Like <laughs> it makes no sense, like how we didn't, like all of us didn't end up in jail at one point. Cause it was like getting real, real hairy there for a minute. Yeah. You know? It's like, what did we do last night? Well, I don't know. Someone. <laughs> yeah. I know what they said we did. Yeah. I don't believe it happened. That doesn't sound like me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Too much of that. Yeah. It's like, we went to that rally and there was a brawl. Like, that's the shit you don't hear about. You don't hear about like moped rallies getting like really out of hand, which is like kind of surprising at times. Yeah. See, that was, Maybe it was just different times, too, because I think it was a little different. Like, Jonah got hit by a car and broke his femur, that same one. Chad Burke broke into somebody's car and slept in it. <laughs> like, and like, and this is, like, in the middle of downtown Louisville, you know? Like, and that, Chad's not the type of dude you think is, like, out, like, Jimmy and car doors open to go to sleep in him. But he was so hammered drunk that that's what he did. <laughs> As an outsider, I don't even know if I'd be that upset if I just saw Chad Burke, like, yeah. oh, hell. He's like, he's like, so you know, somewhere is, where I can get some eggs Benedict. Uh, yeah, no, it does go all the way back. Yeah, I'm really. Uh, uh, yeah, it's different times. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that people still get wild, but I think at that at that point in time, it was just a lot different. Yeah. And I think that it was so new to everybody still, like that it was like to all the clubs, it was like. New parts were still coming out, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh fuck! Like, now they make a plenty kit, a water cooled plenty kit. What is this? Like, uh, and now you can just kind of source that stuff without all the all the work's been done. Yeah. Uh, what was that one weird bike you had for a while? It was like the Derby. No, it was one that no one. It was not a lot of them around. I can't remember what it was. I mean, we had a lot of that going on. I did a Peugeot 102 with a 80 Metro Large port on it. That was pretty silly. Uh, and then, let's see. We had a Badavis, a couple of Badavises around that were pretty quick, which made no sense. Uh, and it was at that, you know, it was that time where it was like, well, we're just going to figure out how to make this bike fast. And, and everybody's like, no, you can't do that with that bike. <laughs> so well, watch you get, me. You get the time yeah. and the effort. Yeah. I got a couple of drill bits, and I can add some more ports in this thing. We're gonna see what happens. Uh, but yeah, uh, the weird ones. I think like, you know, I think 
we, we got in early on the derby craze uh, and that was like Sam's wheelhouse was all the derby stuff, derby flat reads. Um, then Sean got really into the 102s for a while there. That's all he rode was yeah. 102s everywhere. I don't know why. None of them were fast, <laughs> but he loved that bike. Single speed <clears throat> French yeah. bike. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, and then the MO2s, you know, that was, I think I was the only person with like a real fast MO2 ever. Uh, and then what else did we have that was weird? I don't know. There's, we had, I mean, we had a lot of weird French stuff around, like the, uh, the Badavis French bikes or the Badavis with the Peugeot motors and the yeah, Grand Prix, Mondals. I think I've had six TSMs. And then TSA is all that shit. Yeah, I never had a TSA. You never had a TSA? No. Uh, I've never owned a Derby, which is kind of weird that I. You want one? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need any more bad habits. <laughs> uh, Mopeds are, are definitely that, dude. They can become a bad habit. Did you yeah. ever have that point where you felt like it was overwhelming and mopeds were becoming like an addiction or like oh, a problem? Dude. Yeah, I mean, that was like kind of. The end of the treadshed era was like, it was just too much, you know. And and it was I was just out of hand too. So it was you know drinking a thirty pack by myself every day, and like I would be at the shop from six a.m. until like three in the morning sometimes, you know, just never left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but and then at that point, you know, I had like fifteen bikes of my own or something, and it's just like one of them or one of them would run, you know. <laughs> Uh, so it was a never-ending cycle of just fixing whatever to have transportation. Yeah. But. That makes it hard. Like, I, I have a bunch of bikes right now, and I get that feeling. It's like, when you have one or two, and you can keep them running, it's a good good feeling. Like, cool, my bike runs. Oh, the other one is broken, but I can fix it. Yeah. Like, and you're not, like, overwhelmed by the daunting task of, like, 10 bikes that don't work. 10 bikes that don't work and like 15 toolboxes and zero 10 millimeter wrenches. <laughs> All the sockets missing. Yeah. <laughs> or the, the, the time when you're just working on one bike after another bike after another bike and you're just like lost in the sauce of like all these bikes you're trying to fix at once. Yeah. Like nothing's worse than that feeling. I, like I hate that feeling. Where I'm like, yeah. all right, why am I working on five bikes at the same time? Yeah, to sit down and do one. And, but I've, I've never had the attention span to do that. So yeah. it's like I'm always... ADD as hell and can't concentrate on anything. So <laughs> it's like it's trouble. Yeah. <laughs> then at the time, it's like, oh, I'll just do a bunch of drugs. This will help. <laughs> well, what's your feeling about like the club as it as it is now? Like since you were like you know founding member there in the beginning, and like to see it become what it is now. I love it. Like it's it's fun. Like I mean, like when I was out here last summer. Uh, on tour, it's like a popped in, and it's like all the homies show up, and it's it's funny to for the people that like the close friends in my life that were never a part of that, like band members. They're like, "Who the fuck is Black? What is this?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, this I had this whole like side life that you guys don't know about, like that took up like fifteen years of my life." <laughs> uh, but I mean, I love it. You know, it's you know, I, I still show up and. It's like all the homies are like, hey, let's hang out. Let's do something, you know? So I love that. Yeah. The love friendship's that, still there. I love that feeling when, like, you you have all these different stages in your life. And, like, for me, it's like they, people knew me by different names and different 
aspects of my life. So I'm like, I know what you know me from, like what time period of my life it was based on what you call me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't have that side of it, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just funny. It's just yeah. like weird, but like definitely get that. Like you have like a, your life now, your kids, your, you know, your music and your band and your touring and doing this stuff. And then like, they're like, Oh, you have a cult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many lives have you lived? My wife is always like that. She's like, what What haven't you done? You know, it's like, and I think most people think it's all bullshit until they like are in my life for a little while then they start seeing it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, they're like, oh shit, this was true. Oh, this is like, it's like big fish. Yeah. <laughs> and mopeds is a weird one. Like to tell anyone that like, yeah, you're like, we're in a moped club or you're in a moped club or you have this yeah. whole like, nationwide group of friends based on vintage mopeds yeah like it's it's based like, on a, a small two-stroke motor yeah it's yeah. odd it's super odd like, co-workers yeah. didn't take it seriously until we went down to nashville and yeah. daggers and then they hosted me up they put me on a za50 they're like you think you're like tomo's two speeds Buddy, wait till you feel this thing shift <laughs> and all my buddies from work are all out some little pizzeria or whatever we ride by mobbing out like five deep yeah and there's like Holy shit, there he goes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, Man, he, he, had... really, he really does do the things with the laptop stickers he's yeah. got. They are a moped club. Look at them go. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, man, the thing you can like go to almost any city in this country and like find camaraderie like in vintage mopeds. Yeah. And know you have people to hang out with. Yeah, I'm gonna be in your city. It's What's cool. Up? On tour it's really rad. Like the dudes I think the first tour we did that that, that kind of like they saw it, started seeing it because it was like any town I was in, it was like, Oh, you need a bike while you're here? And I'm like, Fuck yeah, I need some wheels while I'm around. And I can just yeah. branch off and go do my own thing. They're like, Where did you come up with a moped from? And I'm like, Oh, I got dudes down here that are like, I know forever or whatever. And they're just like, All right, well, that's weird. <laughs> no, it's convenient. Yeah. yeah. And they know the ends, you know, they tell me where to go, they know the spots. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, I was that down here doing local shit. You know, yeah. what's up? Hanging out with the boys. Yeah. <laughs> we went and had crab. You know. Oh, oh yeah. Good. good stuff. Dude, I love it. Like, I, you know, I'm glad to see you down here, see you hanging out, doing your thing. I'm glad you guys are still holding it down out here. Yeah, man. It's it's weird. Like, when I tell people that, like, yeah, I'm in a club that's not from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a couple of us that live here. But we're like kind of like everywhere we're spread out. Yeah. So like I feel like some in some aspects I don't have I don't have the same camaraderie that like a lot of people in moped clubs have because a lot of them they're they're hanging out with their friends every day and they're seeing the same people every day. But like I feel like no matter when I see my boys that are in black black like you made it, it in it like, picks up where you left off yeah it picks up right where yeah. you left off and like everyone's vouched for and I can trust any of like any of them you know yeah that's like with Mike Beery I. I talk to Mike Beery literally every time I drive through Kansas. I, I never see him, but it's like, I'm like, oh, I'm driving past like your exit. <laughs> you know, and he's like, I'm driving a forklift around. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, cool, man. And then we talk for an hour. Yeah. But it's like, I don't ever see him anymore. I haven't seen him in like five years, four years. Yeah. But we still, you know, do the same thing and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Dude, what do you what what do you gotta say for all the all the young people out there mopeding and like doing the thing now, holding it down? Uh, man, just don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Uh, I mean, we managed to make it all work. Uh, if you don't have a job and don't have money, there's somebody around you with moped parts. Uh, you can hopefully 
they're cool enough to share them. Like, and that's, we wouldn't have gotten where we're at without people doing that. And yeah. I think that it's a good community and a good, it's, you'll, you'll have friends for a lifetime through it, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know what else to really say to anybody else. Besides you're a freaking nerd. Get a better hobby. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's, uh, I don't know if you remember French Greg. Do you remember him? From He he's still is in Nashville. But uh, I got my first, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Peugeot 104 from him. Uh, and now he's, he just won Pike's Peak. And uh, he did it in 11 minutes and like 10 seconds in a diesel uh, like a Porsche diesel that he built. But that's like all he does now is race big time, you know? Yeah. And it's cool to, like, he calls me every time we're out there and stuff. And it's like, this is all from moped knowledge. You know, he was just a dude that was in France bringing moped parts over. And now he's building badass race cars. Yeah. And it turned into a real career for him. That's not mopeds anymore, but it's still the same. I mean, that's most people, I think mopeds are going to be your introduction into mechanics. Yeah. Like, and that's how you start fixing stuff. I mean, it is thing is for a lot of people. Like, it's easy to like start with a moped and like get your hands dirty and like not be scared to take it apart. That's what we tell like all the new people that we meet. We're like, yeah, just just take it apart. We'll help you. Yeah. Or we'll at least watch and point at stuff for you. And make you turn the wrench. Yeah. Because like once you do it a couple of times, you like you you're, you stop being intimidated. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not that complicated of a thing. But yeah, it's totally. It's totally. Uh, I remember putting my first kit on and being like, "Whoa, all right." Here we go. Like, what's it? What, what's going to be in this thing? Will it work? Uh, yeah, and I, I really did that with me on our front porch. So, yeah, I think my first kid was like, I direct bolt on. Everything was fucking right out the box from treats. You know, no, no port matching, no fucking chamfering, none of the bullshit, no ring gap. I just slapped yeah. the shit together that I bought, and the bike did fifty. You know, I was like yeah. sick. Like you know, it worked. Yeah, and sometimes you just gotta gotta try it. Yeah. And you don't have to have all the fancy stuff like everybody. You don't have to sit there and, you know, pull your split your cases your first time and do all that stuff. Like, yeah. we've been doing trash bags and Play-Doh for 20 years. And some of those bikes, I mean, like I said, that Negrini still runs. And that's port match with some Play-Doh stuffed in it. Like, first round. I think I port matched that with an angle runner. I don't, even think, I, I don't <laughs> think I used it. I don't think I had a Dremel at the time. But you can still do all that stuff without, you know, yeah. having Real tools. To, yeah. Well, I'm glad you were here. Dude, thanks for having me. I got way too close to my mouth. That was weird. I like it. Getting real deep over here. You sound like NPR. I was into it. Yeah. I feel like you need to wear a sweater and just keep whispering until I fall asleep. You got to get some khaki shorts like yeah. these, dude. This butter, is the new look. my tie, yeah. you know. Dude, so why don't you tell everyone real quick, like, what you're, what you're doing now about your music and your band, where they can check you out on the internet and stuff. Oh, yeah. That's <clears throat> primarily, I mean... It's kind of weird. I have like two jobs now because now I, I fish bass tournaments for a living. That's like my main uh, source of income now. Uh, and then I tour with, with my band, the Johnny Lee Rowe Band. Uh, and that's, I don't know, like 70s soul country. I don't know what you'd even call it at this point. It's kind of genre blended too far. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're on tour. I think we'd, we've already done like 116 days out this year. So, and then we have two more tours and then I'm done for the year. So taking a break. No, just for the year, just until next spring. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, we're on the road a whole lot and I'm usually popping through your town at some point. 
Uh, I'm about to go, I'm on tour with Lost Dog Street Band this, for the next 33 days. Cool. Uh, the West Coast, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's what I'm doing. You can find it all on Spotify or whatever. Good. Or if you like this song, you can search my old band, The Hang Riders. This is, <laughs> that's the intro for a few years now, I guess. Yeah, dude. I totally, forgot that, I totally forgot that you used that. Yeah, I was like, I, I asked, you know, for permission. Yeah. You know, we got it legal. Yeah. We're legal out here. I'm going to give you the rights to that. Start raking in those checks. Yeah, dude. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for hanging cool, out. Cool, man. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. me. You guys uh, be good. Guys, listen to my Money podcast. Tell your friends about it. You know, share it, like it, all that stuff. Get out to a rally. Play mopeds. Do that shit in real life. Start a scene. You know, keep it going. Fix someone else's bike. Talk some young kid into riding mopeds. You know, all the, all the things that we need to do out here to keep the seen as we know it kind of alive because if, if it isn't for us it's gonna die like you know there's <laughs> i see young kids doing it and like the guy we had on last week he's posting a rally by himself like he's young and like if it, we gotta support those guys doing it because i don't know that's how, it starts. how much longer you know <laughs> people are gonna be into it if we don't keep it going yeah. and keep it fun and interesting and, and and try to not it's safe <laughs> not safe try not to get all the electric no, bikes yeah. just send it yeah it's send a full it. send <laughs> alright cool fuck your car right on my boat